Hello for love everyone. This podcast is supported by the Health Promotion Agency. Today I wanted to talk about our health, in particular measles. Measles is a serious infectious disease that can be life-threatening and it's even more contagious than COVID-19. Now is a great time to make sure you're protected against measles. Find out how at protectagainstmeasles.org.nz and welcome to the Samoan Scientist podcast. This is going to be um, a bit of a personal update in terms of my career because it's been like the struggle is real so I just felt like as the title said you know I just feel like that I'm forever failing when I'm trying to get into the science industry so really this is just a opens Eleanor from my mind to yours about what's been happening at the moment. Okay, so I'm going to go start from the beginning of after I, when I finished my work in Samoa. So for those of you who don't know, I worked in Samoa for two years as a research scientist, mainly working on tire leaf blight disease. So that was from, oh my gosh, like, 2017 I think 18 2019 and so it was such an amazing experiment experience you know I learned so much but I wanted to come back home to New Zealand in Auckland which is where I'm from um, to look after my nana because she's getting a bit older and also with the hope of pursuing further studies so I come back from Samoa which is great and you know I had in the back of my mind for quite a while now, like before my master's, like, yeah, I want to do a PhD. So PhD is like the final kind of big, like the Olympic style of study. Like um, it's quite up there. And plus you get to have doctor in front of your name after you've done your PhD. And so it's always been in the back of my mind that it's something that I really wanted to do. So with that in mind, I thought, okay, it's all right. I'll just settle in back into New Zealand life. And so I began looking after my nana. And so my nana has slowly getting um, dementia. You know, she's pretty active for her age. She's, I think, 88 now, but at the time, 86. And we have, like, quite a few chickens and um, quite a few, actually. I mean, it's just overwhelming, but, like, chickens and ducks. And we have... um, like when it's lambing season, so we have all the lambs. So Nana is, you know, able to feed the chickens. She can feed the little lambs, you know, make their bottles, but just the everyday day, everyday things like cooking her own meals and doing washing and stuff, she's not able to do. So I felt that that was really nice for me to come in and do that for her and then spend some time with her after I came back from Samoa. And then at the same time, trying to think about what I want to do for a PhD. So, I mean, there are many things, components that you have to think about when you're wanting to move on to that next stage of your career and also wanting to start a PhD. So I started off with um, talking to potential supervisors. So they're going to be the people who are going to help you with your project, guide you when it gets tough, um, look for funding for you. 
then I was thinking about a topic like it's gonna be three years of my life researching something I want it to be interesting you know I don't want it to be boring and then I was also thinking about okay I need money like who is gonna fund this like I need the money please to actually do my research because it takes it's quite expensive if you're wanting to do lab work and also living expenses like man like I gotta eat like I gotta fill my car up I mean now that I'm living in rural Auckland I traveling to New Zealand traveling into town takes me like two hours so and then I'm spending like $100 a week or even more like $160 a week on petrol so it's like I, I gotta I gotta get me some money so thinking about supervisors I'm um, thinking about what I, what type of topic I want to do for my PhD and then looking for funding so I initially started off having brief conversations with past lecturers and recommended lecturers that um, I'd had had been um, in touch with during my university degree um, some of those conversations were very interesting and um, uh, some of those conversations you know you have to read between the lines of what people are really saying so um, that was hard because it's like I want to work with you but I don't know what you really like <laughs> like after one conversation so there was a lot of that going on just really just like and at the same time feeling like what the hell am I doing like I don't even know what I'm doing I think I want to do this project with this person but like I'm not really sure so those conversations with supervisors are really difficult challenging um just a bit like I have to scrub my eyes and read between the lines because I don't really know what you're trying to say but I think I know what you're trying to say so <laughs> I mean that was yeah it's hard and then looking for a topic well for me personally I always wanted to know that well I always knew that I wanted to do a Pacifica related topic that's going to help the community so bottom line that that was what I was going for whether it was still in the plants area or even in human area I didn't really mind and then looking for funding as well well that I didn't yeah as soon as I had my supervisors sorted out that was the next conversation really so this was all happening, preparing for my PhD as well as looking after my Nana for about, I don't know, like four months, five months. And, and like at the same time, you know, like I wasn't working. So I was really just helping my mom and helping my Nana out with all the animals and just kind of like, I think I want to do this, but I'm not really sure. And so... That's like, that was a really difficult time for me in terms of my mental well-being because it was really the unknown and I hate the unknown. Like I'm a per person that loves like, loves order, organisation and I'm a perfectionist and I'm like, that was just the complete opposite of time for me. So having like an unstructured life, not knowing if I'm going to do a PhD, having to look up to my nana, which is more responsibilities. Like for me, that was a challenge for me. And so during that five months, four months, um, I came across some really promising supervisors and had some really good conversations with them. And um, I think what made the difference for me is that they were immediately forthcoming. They're like, yeah, 
We think you're amazing. We would love to have you in your lab, have you in our lab. We don't have a project at the moment, but we can we can like get a project up and running for you right now. And so I guess my advice for those who are going into a research project, either a master's, honors, um, dissertation, a PhD, make sure that your supervisors are for you and are really supportive of you and are really keen to have you on board. And, um, you know, you will know when it's as clear as we will like you in your lab or like we can get a project sorted for you. And so for me, that was a green light to go with those supervisors. And um, I was like, yeah, let's go. And so they've got a really good network of supervisors that I met and they helped me get funding as well. So that's the next thing, you know, you got to get paid. Like you just can't do this stuff for free. For free. You, you got to make a living and you got to live, you know, live so that you are looking after yourself and hopefully looking after your others and others in your family. So I got really good supervisors after that five months um, and then really good funding. And so I applied for funding and I got funding for my PhD, which is like really cool. And also we defined a topic. So they were super helpful um, with deciding a topic. And um, oh, some of you might have heard this, but um, for my PhD, I'm wanting to look at the Samoan traditional diet. So there's an understanding, you know, our ancestors were like, ripped they had the abs and like they were so fit that's because well partly they didn't have any of the western foods that we have nowadays you're like um your two minute noodles you're like flour your bread the elingi the corned beef like all those fatty foods and foods that are like rich in masima the salt um but back then you know like our ancestors were eating those traditional foods and i'm thinking like hang on you know It'd be really cool if we could go back to eat those types of foods, traditional foods, and have the scientific backing behind it as well as the indigenous knowledge to be like, you know, we knew all along it was good for us. Let's eat these foods so that we can last, you know, longer, see our children live and their children's children's live. Because at the moment, unfortunately, um, our Pacifica communities some of our Pacifica communities are dying a lot younger because of these preventable diseases. So I'm, I'm really passionate about looking at these Samoan traditional foods and understanding, you know, like what's in them? Like what, what makes them so like superfoods possibly? Like what makes them so amazing? So that's an amazing topic. We came up with the funding supervisors. And so I was like, yeah, this is looking really promising you know, at the same time, also looking after my nana and then organizing this PhD and things are coming into alignment. And so the last component was to um, apply to into a PhD program at the university. And so I went to I applied with the University of Auckland. And so um, the university was like, well, unfortunately, because you got a B minus for your master's grade, which is um like a one-year project that I did previously, we we need more evidence from you to say that you are able to do a PhD. And so I just kind of want to, this is quite like a personal topic for me and it's just, it's still an issue today. It's so frustrating, but I, I, I want to talk more about my master's. So 
for my master's project master's project is a year and I looked at the tar leaf blight disease so that's basically where my my passion came from initially and so I learned so much in terms of the genetic side so working in the lab which I had not done before at all so that was all completely new and then I learned so much about the plant pathology side so that's infecting the taro with the taro leaf blight disease recording the symptoms measuring the symptoms um, and really making those connections and so as a student and as a researcher at the time you know I felt like I learned so much and I felt so developed as a person during and after my master's I mean well during my master's it was all tears and like <laughs> just like hopelessness but after my master's I came out the other side like so proud of myself like yeah I could do that the girl who was like shy in class and didn't want to ask any questions and failed all of her science externals you know like I did that like I did my master's and I felt so much better for it sorry just just ignore that um <laughs> that noise um and I felt so accomplished after my master's and I gave it my all. I did not sacrifice anything. I put in my hard work. I did all that I possibly could to, to get the best mark that I thought was possible. But unfortunately, when it came to the crunch, I submitted my master's research. And um, I guess this was kind of the red flag of all the failings, but... It took the university a year for them to mark a master's research. And so this is not normal. It should not take a year to mark a master's research, maybe at least six months. And so after that year, I had to wait a year to get my master's mark back. I got a B minus. And I was like, <laughs> I did not feel like that warranted a B minus. And I was so, so upset and disappointed because I did the best that I could. I did, you know, I put in so much work that, you know, you don't put in that work just to get a B minus, you know, like I wanted to get an A plus. That's what I wanted. But what it came to is that there were two markers. And so the marking was very different. One marker was like, yeah, this is amazing. Fantastic. Very high mark. And then the other marker was like, ugh. Your methodology, your methodology is a bit shit, so I'm going to mark it really low. So what they do is they um, basically get a mark in between those two marks, and it was a B minus. And um, I was just so frustrated because it wasn't, I, I didn't get that support from my supervisors that I thought that I needed, and it was really frustrating that. Um, you know, I did all this work and I felt so accomplished and proud of my work that the mark that I got was a B minus. So, and I knew in the back of my mind as well that I wanted to do a PhD and I knew that didn't automatically make me qualify for a PhD. So I've always had this mark, this feeling of like, that's not good enough. Like you're not good enough because of the mark, you know, it feels like, you know, people say that the mark doesn't define you, but it's really been such a, such a, I don't know how to explain it, like, like a, like a roadblock for me because I want to do a PhD, but it's still a problem to this day in 2021 20, after like a, um, a pandemic. So I got a B minus for my master's mark. And so coming back to PhD, 
sorry I'm just getting emotional about it because it just makes me so frustrated and angry because it's still an issue today but I mean it is what it is I mean I learned a very big lesson from that so it's very frustrating but so now going back to my PhD and now that I'm applying to the university for to get into the PhD program and so they're like okay since you got a master's uh, a B minus for your master's mark what we need is more evidence from you to say that you are able to do a PhD so that included like my work experience in Samoa my scientific publications so in science when you publish your work that's well recognized in the science industry um you know we need support letters from people who are saying that amy is capable of doing a phd she'll put in the work she's hard working and also a really good support network of your supervisors and so there was a lot of that communication and non-communication over the span of a year gathering this case gathering this data um, and what I noticed is that there was just a real lack of communication from from the university side. It was just um, really disheartening because I was in limbo for a year, another extra year. And so I didn't want to dedicate myself to a job because I thought, OK, yeah, I'm going to be starting my PhD soon. So I don't want to commit to something and be like, oh, I got to go a month later. And so I was like, well, how am I supposed to pay for everything? You know, what am I doing with my life? Again, there's that whole uncertainty. Everything's up in the air. And like, I hated that. I hate not knowing what I'm going to do, or what I'm planning to do. So there was a lot of uncertainty, feeling really uncomfortable, um, just really questioning myself. There was a lot of um, strain on like, my mental well-being I was like sis like we have not gone that like deep and sad before but it was just really like such a hard yeah it was a really hard and frustrating year and I think that was the year we had the we started the pandemic possibly so I mean but uh, yeah it was very stressful overall that whole year because there was just no communication from the university I provided all my evidence you know did all I can and then there'll just be long periods of just no replies from anyone you know it's just so frustrating it's like oh here we go I'm just another number again I can't stress enough to you that measles can be life-threatening about one in ten people with measles will need to go to hospital and it can be more harmful to those with weakened immune systems, pregnant mums and younger family members. We're particularly concerned about people aged between 15 and 30 because they may not have been immunised as children. If you're not sure they get immunised, the best thing to do is to get immunised again and it's safe to do so. Get your free measles immunisation from your GP or participating pharmacies. Find out how at protectagainstmeasles.org.nz So after about a year, got a final response from the university and they're like, oh sorry, you're declined from the PhD program. Like, I failed again, like, you're declined sis, like, <laughs> you're not good enough again, after my B minus master's mark, it's like, shit, like, the science industry does not really want me, and so, oh, I was so gutted again after that, 
it was just like you know you put in all that hard work and you're in what a year in limbo and you're like I really is this really what I want to do <laughs> and so I'm very disappointed at the university system and their lack of communication how they leave students out in limbo even though you know I had all of the recommendations money um, support it's just um, very frustrating and as a Samoan scientist it's like and I'm very passionate about my work it was so disheartening frustrating like depressing to say nah sorry we don't want you so the university said what even though we don't want you <laughs> straight away what we can do is that you can go and do a postgraduate certificate in health science which is a one semester paper so it's about half the year and you must do two papers and one paper must be a project paper 10,000 words and you must at least get a B plus in all of those papers and everything and only then we can offer you a place into the PhD program so I'm like that's another year after oh, sorry that's another six months after the one year I've been in limbo six months and a bit because there's a lot of waiting around and so um very frustrating um option but with you know my supervisors who are really supportive of me they said you know this is a silver lining you know we're gonna take it and it would be a good idea for you to do the postgraduate certificate health <sighs> I can't make this up <laughs> I'm just yeah so moving on so currently we're now into the current time and so my supervisors were like since we have this option from the university what we're going to do is make the most of this time to prepare you for your PhD so um, they set up a summer studentship for me which is really great for those who are starting out for those who are starting out in um, science at university summer studentships give you a real taste for what it's like to work in the industry in the lab or wherever you want to work and you get paid for it so they said uh, my supervisor said let's do that for you summer studentship what you can do is you start you can start on this um, genetics work so really interestingly um, I had no idea about this as well before I started it this is completely new area that I'm coming into but in Pacific peoples we have some really unique genes and what they're finding is that some of these genes have been associated with as as being fat and other non-pacifica people from not new zealand or australia from other places have described it as a fat gene in relation to polynesian people but what the amazing work that the morris wilkins center is doing is that they're like hmm we don't really agree with that we're finding that some of these genes are can can kind of be indicators to metabolic diseases like type 2 diabetes um, insulin resistance obesity so interestingly, what I've been doing over the summer is looking at these um, Pacifica genes in amylase. So amylase is a digestive enzyme. And what it does is that when you eat something starchy like galo or like potato or bread, the amylase, it's, it start, it's in your saliva. And what it will do is help break down that food and turn it into sugars that our body uses. 
And so the research believes is that there are many interesting amylase genes, particularly in Pacifica people, that could be an indicator to certain diseases like type 2 um, diabetes, um, obesity. Um, so I spent a lot of my summer looking at those genes and I can't tell you that information because it's classified. Um, yeah, I feel like quite <laughs> like, oh, she's classified. Like, yeah, it's just it's confidential as well. So they, I, I've been doing that over the summer, which is really great to help me prepare for my PhD. And now what I'm doing at the moment is that I have started my postgraduate certificate in health science. So I, this is, again, a completely different side to plants. This is, um, how do I describe it? So like, we call it quantitative. So quantitative is like numbers, right? You see an infection, you measure it. The measurement is five. So that's quantitative data and you'll write all the numbers down. What I'm doing at the moment is more qualitative. So it involves like your theories, theories of understanding, um, for instance, like how people interact with each other, how they um, come to the conclusion that when they interact with other people, it, it sees, um, it helps them see the world in a different lens. Um, understanding how, I guess, how and why Pacifica people have uh, Pacifica people's deceptions of perceptions of food. So it's more like you're like <laughs> I'm gonna get like grilled for saying this, but like you're in the air type of thinking, like you're hairy fairy type of thinking compared to the quantitative which is like that's a lesion that's five millimeters wide you know it's um quantitative data is I find challenging because I haven't done it before and it's very heavy on English and like big complicated words so that's another challenge for me sis I've been trying to do my assignment one and I still do not really know what I'm reading about so um yeah many challenges and many learnings but Again, I think it's a silver lining for all that nonsense a year, two years and a, two and a half years of nonsense that I've been, been through um, trying to get into my PhD program. So I guess, you know, I guess a few things that you can take away from that is like I'm going to say again. I am, you know, I have struggled through science. Science I, does not come to me naturally. Um, I really worked hard through science and I'm still continuing to work hard at science today. You know, you think you get at a certain stage of your studies or, or knowledge even, and you're like, yeah, I got this. Like, I know what I'm doing. But this goes for everyone. You know, you're going to come into challenges anywhere you go. It, even though there's some challenges are from the from a system or challenges from colleagues or peers um we're always going to have struggles unfortunately in our own struggles and um no matter how established you think people are and so when we come to those struggles what i've learned from my experience that i've talked about it's really helpful definitely to have a group of people to talk to so, for example, during lockdown, um, 
there's some amazing wahine that um, form this group called Kamau Community and like every I think it was like twice a week we'd jump on Zoom and we'd just like cry like I would just like cry with these other amazing women and guys who were there and just talk about like all of our frustrations and how we're feeling and things like that and so for me I am not a person who talks about my feelings I'm very like I very much internalize my feelings but what I'm learning now is that being able to talk with it talk about my feelings to other people who are coming from a place of understanding and you are in a safe space you know it is so valuable to just I guess release that emotion because I know what it's like to keep it all bottled inside so definitely when we're going through our struggles it helps to talk to people secondly what what may help you if you're going through struggles is having a support team you know so a support team that is really there for you not because of their own their own um agendas but really for you so for example that was my supervisors they understand um what I want to do what I'm about and then I'm passionate and so they were really supportive and just basically with a click with a click of the fingers they're like yeah you're in our lab now so really having people you can talk to who are there for you and also having a support group really help going through the struggles. And I mean, I'm still kind of navigating this, but I'm sure there's many other ways as well. I mean, I've been, I definitely have been thinking about therapy, but man, therapy is expensive, but it's like, oh, but it's my mental well-being. Like how much do I value my mental well-being? It's just like going to the doctors, right? You just pay anything to go to the doctors to keep yourself healthy. So, I mean, yeah, there's always, uh, I'm definitely navigating myself through that space of how to get through the struggle life like easier, <laughs> if that's even a thing. Um, a second lesson from from what I just talked about is that um, I'm guessing like, in terms of academia, like if you're going into university and you're wanting to go into a space of research and you're thinking about having supervisors, annoy them. Like seriously, email them any chance that you can get. Because I have had multiple times where I would email people and it would just be like no response for a month. And you don't want to be like annoying them, you know, and you think, oh, they're busy, they got things to do. Um, you know, they're very like prestigious and you're having that respect for, for the elders. Um, but it's like, man, I'm busy too. Like I got my own stuff to do. I've got to put in my funding or like, I got to figure out what I want to do. I don't want to have to muck around for a year just waiting on that reply. And so talking from experience, you know, this is for you. Just, uh, just keep emailing them. Not Okay, good piece of advice. Not the same time every day. You could do it at like 6 o'clock in the morning or like the next day 5 o'clock at night or like have a break and then do it 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. And um, you can schedule your messages when you do that on Gmail. So please, you know, especially our um, minority people, please just keep annoying those who you are wanting to work with, possibly work with, or even have conversations with, or even the system, the university. This is um, 
you know, they're not going to wait around for you. They're not, you know, you're not at the top of their list. You've got to make you at the top of their list by annoying them. And so, um, I can't stress that enough, guys. I mean, it's just, I've basically been mucked around because of not annoying people when, when it shouldn't have to be that way. But, um, I really do not want the same for you. You know, you shouldn't have to go through what I've been through. Yeah, it's been a really, like I said, forever failing moment. Um, and it still feels like that. I think because I'm just slowly getting out of the, <laughs> getting out of the ditch, you know, like climbing my, clawing my way out. Um, but I think I, I'm telling you this because I would hate I would so much hate for you to go through this. And even to the point of, you know, just walking away from it all, that would be the worst. For instance, going to, like, going out of the science industry or going out of, you know, what industry, whatever industry you're passionate about, that these experiences would turn you off of that. So, I'm really just really advocating for for your passion and <laughs> I'm sorry it's just so I think I'm crying because I'm just so just so passionate for for us to thrive and that for and that if I heard someone else go through this you know which I have other people have experienced the same things with me for my PhD so I'm not no I'm not the only one and I think I'm just getting so emotional about it because I really got played. Like, man, I really got played. And then secondly, I would hate for someone else to go through this. And other people have. Other people have experienced the same type of thing that I have. But then they would walk away from it. You know, this experience would turn them off of it. I would hate that. Especially for our minority groups. I mean, ugh. It's just so disheartening that, you know, some people may not have that support or may not even know where to look for support or how to navigate the system that they would just simply walk away from something that they're so passionate about and would just label it as, oh, I'm not good enough for that or like I'm not smart enough or I'm not talented enough. And so I guess, I'm, yeah, I'm telling my experiences because I don't want you to go to the same things as me. I want you to persist, especially if you're if you're wanting to go to something that you're passionate about, and that yes, we're gonna have struggles. Yes, we're gonna have these challenges, but this is what happens when you persist. You know, I'm. <laughs> I mean, this may have not been the best outcome, but we got there in the end. You know, <laughs> may have been ugly, but we got there in the end. So, yeah, finally, it's just really just really wanting to let you know that we all go through struggles but when we persist in something that we're passionate about when we have the right people around us when we have that support and knowing and having some understanding of how to navigate that wow it's like it's it's really special so please if you feel that you're in the struggle right now and just really don't know how to go about it especially in the university system 
that's because that's my main experience I'm not sure about other areas but please just message me like if you're really stuck really really stuck just send me um a message on Facebook um Instagram you know some more scientists just please because oh it's been a, it's been a journey and it's still gonna be a journey and I find that if we share our experiences with others you know we help others so um <laughs> I did not I like sorry guys I'm not on the podcast but you're gonna hear all my stuffing but that's just really how I've been feeling and externally showing my feelings so um thank you so much for listening to the Samoan Scientist podcast and I um, wish you all the best Immunization has been such an important topic in our Samoan communities. I was in Samoa during the measles outbreak and it just broke my heart. And so I understand that you might have some questions about the immunization. You can go to protectagainstmeasles.org.nz to find out more or you can talk to your GP. It's super important that you protect your ainga and future generations by getting immunized. Be a guardian of the future.